Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. All right. Well, good, good, whatever time of day that you're listening to this podcast. Um, right now we're recording and it's nighttime. It's dark. I was going to say, it's not morning. No, no, <laughs> That's no we're going. We usually record in the morning, so... And it releases in the morning, but good, good morning, good evening, good night. Is it a day to show? Yes. Maybe. I'll just say good day to you, listeners. Oh, good day. Good day to you, listeners. Good day. Yes. Good day. Good day, That's that's all the Australian accent I can do, and it's pretty pathetic. No, um, wasn't that Jim Carrey in uh Truman show who uh steps out his door and he's like, Good morning. And if I don't see you, good good yeah yeah night or something like that anyway i don't even think i actually watched the entirety of that movie <laughs> like the i got the premise and i was like okay the prim whatever the it's the premise um sometimes like that's what happens with me in movies is okay i get the premise of the movie i don't have to keep watching it <laughs> that's actually happened in real life in a japanese game show but it ended bleakly so we don't have to talk about it but you can google it Okay. <laughs> Weird, but that's us. Okay. Moving right <laughs> along. Well, so this is recording. We're recording this in, in November, but it's going to release. We already know this. Uh, it's going to release in December. So we thought we, we haven't talked yet about Christmas. And so we wanted to kind of tackle some Christmassy stuff. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Oh, wrong, wrong scene. Okay. Batman smells, Robin laid. Robin laid an egg. I wonder where yep. that started. Did you ever? You know what? That? Who knows? Sometimes, even my youngest son was singing it, and he's only four, and I did not teach it to him, so I don't know. Yeah, but he's got an older older siblings. That's did they true. teach it to him? They probably do teach him a this lot is, of things. This is how this this is a great segue, Amanda. About yeah, passing oh, it along, is <laughs> passing along traditions from generation <laughs> to generation likewise um so uh we wanted to talk about luke chapter one specifically uh just the first four verses which seems like an odd thing to maybe think about at christmas time but it's not and we'll we'll explain why so amanda would you want to read uh those um i would no. but i'm in a new king james version oh <laughs> which is a little tongue twisty it's a little wordy little, little wordy there um, but okay. i can unless no, i got i got the NIV. okay i got the new new uh new international okay i got, I got my hefty <laughs> my hefty thompson chain bible laid out in front of me so in the niv anyway so this is what it is luke chapter one verses one through four here we go many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. Hmm. Now, why would we start with that? Well, I think it's helpful to to know one why it is that luke even wrote his gospel right it wasn't just a willy-nilly thing it wasn't that he was it wasn't willy-nilly i don't know how else to describe that Yeah. so luke you know he's kind of different from the gospel writers because he's an outsider yeah 
you know, he wasn't necessarily, I mean, he's not really, he's kind of a, a fringe participant, if you will, of the things of the gospel. Um, and he's saying, look, I'm not, pardon my phrasing, I'm not just someone who drank the Kool-Aid. Right. I mean, he's saying I'm not I'm not in the I'm looking at this from the outsider's point mm -hmm. of view. And right. I have studied it mm -hmm. from the beginning. Yeah. And I can attest that everything that we have heard, right? Yeah. Is true and here's the account right. of everything that I have verified. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that's important thing to take right mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, that's why <laughs> well and it's so you're, so you're right he was an outsider so luke um is called the, the physician he's he's a doctor and he's greek uh and so that being an outsider to to jesus and the disciples who were jews uh living in israel under roman occupation Luke comes in as an outsider, someone who is a foreigner, uh, but also someone who was learned, someone who okay. could investigate these things. Uh, I I love Luke's account for a lot of reasons, one of which is he's got, uh, he, he talked to the ladies. He talked mm -hmm. to Mary and Elizabeth. And I know that because he's got uh, parts of their story that none of the other gospels have. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure confident that it was because he sat down and had a conversation with them he mm -hmm. got their he got their story from them from their own mouths and that's such a important piece to when we think about the gospels it is so easy to chalk the gospels up to oh well they just they're in the bible so it's it's folklore or it's you can't really trust it as history Mm -hmm. And I, I disagree. I think that if you look through the gospels, you will find, uh, words that, that have been backed up. I don't think that the gospel writers, you know, as much as the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are closely related and have very similar stories and sometimes very similar wording. That makes sense, actually, from a perspective of people having the same source material, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I think of when you're in school and you're writing, everybody's writing a topic on, say, the Civil War, or specifically a battle in the Civil War. Well, guess what? Their source material is all going to be the same. They're going to have papers that are very similar in tone mm -hmm. and you know details. Why? Because they're writing on the same topic, mm -hmm. um, and stuff that is different is different because again, people focus on different things. And focus on different parts of the story as what they're emphasizing in that story. But as Luke is writing this down, many have undertaken. So Luke knows, well, this tells me that Luke is probably not the first gospel, right? Right. Because many have undertaken to to write this thing that I'm that I'm taking some time to write down. So there's other accounts out there, and I'm sure that we don't actually have all of them, actually. Oh, we I'm have sure. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but there could have been other ones out there. It could be that they consolidated them because they'd have different parts of the story. But he investigates and he finds out all the information and he he checked his sources, right? Mm -hmm. Compared notes. Because think about it, if if I we did this thing, did you ever take psychology class back ever high school? 
I mean, yeah, like an intro to psych stuff. Yeah. yeah, intro to psych. So we did that and we did an experiment one time where in the psychology class, we had to watch a video and then we didn't know. We just, they're like, hey, sit here and watch this video. And then afterwards, they asked us a bunch of questions. It was, it was a bank robbery. Mm-hmm. And so we all had to like tell, well, was the, was the bank robber left-handed or right-handed? Well, guess what? We didn't all agree. And so we had to, uh-huh. you know, check your sources. And then you watch the video again and you're like, oh, I was wrong. Right. Uh-huh. And it's not, it's not the first thing, but Luke is, is aiming to get the, get the account, right. Get the information, accurate information, clearly investigating, carefully investigating, and also an orderly account that makes sense. It's one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Now, why would he want to do this? Not just because he's writing to his good friend, uh, Theophilus, which by the way, the Greek there means beloved of God. Just right. So it could be for, for who, for whom this may concern. (laughs) Yeah. Or it could be a dude named Theophilus. We don't know. Could be a benefactor. Could be a guy who, who paid Luke to go on this travel to write the thing. Could be. We don't know. We don't know who this Theophilus is. That's its own set of mysteries. Um, <laughs> but that that they have certainty in what they've been taught. Yeah, one of the one of the biggest um, passions, I think, of my of my Christian walk is I I want to know why I believe what I believe, mm-hmm. and I want to know it um, sincerely. Yeah, um, and I want the people around me to not just take my word for it mm-hmm. yeah to um to actually um know what they're i used to do this game and and this might be controversial but back when i was a youth minister is i would tell them a bible story and i would intentionally give a misinformation okay in the story i'm intrigued and i would pay, and i would give money to the first child who could find it all right. Something kind of small, like how many brothers Joseph had, you know? Okay. I'd say he, have, he has four brothers, you know, and he doesn't, right? And so it's little things, but I wanted them to actually not just take, just because I'm a person of authority or I'm telling him the story that, that that's just it, you know? I don't want them just to believe willy-nilly what they just hear. I right, want them absolutely. to know what they're learning right and so that was one of my tricky sneaky deaky ways of doing that and i would always then once they found it i told everyone so don't yeah yeah. their children were walking around thinking joseph had four brothers right um but but, um (laughs) yeah uh i love that that he's saying um i heard this story (laughs) um and this is my verification of it of why I, I trusted it and why I think you can trust it, whoever he's writing to. Mm-hmm. And I think especially when you get into um, religion, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Well, and, and for us to go ahead. Do, I was going to say, and for us to continue to do. Yeah. Well, I, I tell folks here all the time, I said, look, I'm, check my sources, check my what I'm saying, you know, I'm, I think I have it right, but trust, but verify, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially we, we talk about, you know, Bible study 
somebody will bring up something they read on the internet or they saw on YouTube or fill in the blank. And I'll always say, okay, make sure you take anything you do, especially the internet, right? Here we are mm-hmm. just plopping this podcast on the internet. We could say whatever the heck we wanted to say. Check your sources, have mm-hmm. discernment, uh, lean into the Holy Spirit to give you guidance on to whether or not something's true or not. Because mm-hmm. if you if you just say, oh, that's what this person said. Okay. Who is that person? What, you know? Um, for example, uh, I'm going to bring this up because it gets, it gets talked about, uh, a fair amount in Christian circles. When Jesus says it is easier for a rich man to go through an eye of the needle or a camel, excuse me, a camel to go through an eye of the needle than a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven Mm -hmm. with God, all things are possible. And so there for a minute, there's this whole slew of things where people talked about, oh, there, the eye of the needle was actually this tiny little gate in the wall of Jerusalem that you had to stoop down and a camel could get through, but they had to like go on their knees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's a bunch of crap. Like, <laughs> and they had pictures of this supposed gate, the eye of the needle gate. And then other people, I've also heard, well, it was this canyon thing where it was this very narrow pass of this canyon called the Eye of the Needle. No, I think Jesus is just taking a really big thing, aka a camel, and a really little thing like the Eye of a Needle and saying, this does not work. But with God, things are possible. That like mm-hmm. I don't think he's not be there's no metaphorical anything there in the sense of this represents something else. It's just camel eye of the needle like they just are what they are and that's a word picture that's right okay. it's not intended to be oh this represents this thing and no no just a camel can't go through an eye of a needle period rich people don't get into the kingdom of heaven except that all things are possible with god now does that mean god can make a camel go through an eye of a needle well let's that's like saying, can God make a rock yeah. bigger than he can push? It's a silly question. Doesn't like yeah. it's pointless. Um, but what I mean to say with that is there there are many teachers out there who will especially oh I especially get really nervous around the ones that where it's brand new information. Like never oh, a new before, revelation. Yeah, new revelation, never before thought about in the history of christianity because because of, of a couple things one one unlikely <laughs> unlikely there's two thousand years of history of christianity there's been a whole lot of smart people in that two thousand years of history now to be fair there's things you know in archaeology uh things that we can find parchments you know scripture but you gotta be careful about what you're reading so anyway all that to say Luke wanted to say wanted to create an orderly account as a confirmation of what he'd already been taught by witnesses, eyewitnesses who had experienced and witnessed Jesus on earth. And it starts with obviously the place you start in anybody's story. If you're doing a biography, you're going to start with their birth. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. And so why is it? Because I always, you know, it's one of those things. Every year, especially if you guys are in the church, 
and they know you know the church calendar you start advent this the season of advent mm-hmm. and i always like to oh well advent comes from the latin advenio which means to arrive or to come and we celebrate it because uh jesus came the first time as a little baby in a manger but we really are are ha- celebrating advent for his second coming when he will come mm-hmm. as as the as the king as the king of kings and lord of lords but what but every year seems like okay this is old hat like mm-hmm. i already know this story like oh, especially when i was a kid you know and you're like reading through luke chapter two did, did you ever have to be in like the little play uh oh yes yes <laughs> yes yes i did <laughs> yeah but yeah it's it's a it's regurgitated right yep and there are some people who only that's the only thing they ever hear because they only go on christmas yep Yep. well or easter and so then they hear the life the birth and the death the birth and the death or the birth and the resurrection if you're easter but but so why why is it important that each year we come to this time and we think about and look again at at the birth of Jesus, at his second coming, at the scriptures that foretell of it, why do we even do it? Hmm. It's a good question. I I think it's because what happens if you forget? Hmm. Right? Because throughout history and time people have tried to turn Jesus into some someone that he wasn't. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, a mystic, a guru, an alien, um, <laughs> you know, um, an, or not existing at all, or the son of God, or, you know, all of these different, I mean, even in Jesus's day, right. They're mm-hmm. competing narratives of who Christ is and what his mission is and um it's important i think to realign when we think about the christmas season so what are what are some what are some trademarks of christmas well are well, you talking biblical christmas okay there we go see and that's the kicker for me yeah uh, we we study we go back to christmas to this to this birth of Jesus, the Christ, Jesus, the Messiah, to be reminded of those things, the biblical Christmas, the, the church Christmas, not the commercialization it's become now, but what are some things? Well, I think of the manger, right? I think of, I think of the angels and the star of Bethlehem and the shepherds keeping watch by their uh, flocks by night. Um, you know, all of those Luke chapter two things, right? That yeah, yeah. many of us in the King James can, can, when somebody starts it, we all can just like go with it. Right. And those in the days of Caesar Augustus, anyway, uh, yeah. uh, but we, we need to realign to, to the, cause again, we talked in several other episodes about the old Testament stories, the Sunday school stories. Mm-hmm. And how sometimes we forget those stories, actually. Like, we think we know David and Goliath. We think we uh-huh. know 
uh, you know, Samson, we think we know Joseph, but then you read back and you're like, oh, I totally forgot that part. I think the same thing can happen with Christmas. Mm. The same thing can happen with the birth of Jesus. And especially if we're, if we're focused on Luke chapter two, which is, is important, but let's not neglect Luke chapter one. Mm-hmm. Let's also not neglect the first couple of chapters of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Now, Mark, Mark is, Mark doesn't have anything about his birth. Uh, Mark actually cracks me up. He like jumps yeah. right into Jesus ministry. He's like, Let's he jumps right with baptism. This. Yeah. He's like, and we're here. Yeah. He's like the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the son of God. And then he's baptizing. Yeah. It's just, it's not even, we're not, he's a, he's already an adult. All right. Let's, yeah. let's move on. Um. Uh, but but the story of Jesus' birth is, I mean, some days I, I stop and think and marvel at the fact that the, that the God of the universe created the universe with like words, like speaking, right? Let there be, and there was, and it was good, mm-hmm. decided to, to like be born as a baby to humanity to to marry to this human woman and he's the god most high right he's the god of the universe yeah in dirty diapers <laughs> yes yeah what <laughs> um uh it's hard to wrap your head around because it's 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 one of those things you look at different parts of jesus life through the gospels and you're like oh he's divine and then you're like oh but he's human Oh, and, and you're like, oh, he's, he's both, but, but how could, like, it's this weird tension, right? Of the, the both of Jesus. He's both God and human. Yeah. And in the Trinity, if you want to keep going and adding another yeah, level. Yeah. Well, there, <laughs> yes, <laughs> then there's that, but it's such a humble story. Mm. And, and I also think we've Westernized the story. I last year, last year focused on, there's a fantastic book by Kenneth uh, Bailey called uh, Jesus through Mediterranean eyes (laughs) and kind of goes, goes into what, what did it mean that there was no room for them in the end? What does it mean that he was born in a manger? And cause you know, classically, we have this concept that he was born in like a cave maybe or a barn or, you know, with this wooden manger with some hay in it. And (laughs) that might not have been quite what it looked like in real life. Like we've, we've kind of taken that and, you know, they would have had sheep next to him and it's, it's possible he would have had that mangers would have been actually probably in the house um, yeah. because they would have had animals in the house with them on the first floor and the inn wasn't a hotel like it wasn't the holiday inn it, mm-hmm. it was like an extra bedroom that some more wealthy, some relative yeah or... some relative might have had and because if you think about the fact that they're going back to bethlehem to be taxed to be to have the census it's they had a there's a large family so there's a lot of people from Joseph's line going back to to Bethlehem from the from the lineage of David and so it could be that all of the family who did still live in Bethlehem 
that all of their extra bedrooms were taken up by the rest of the family members. Right. And it, and so it looks, I think sometimes we romanticize the idea and, Oh, well it's Jesus and he's God. And so I'm sure, you know, all these different things. And I, I think it would help us sometimes to maybe picture like real, what real life might've looked like. I cannot mm-hmm. imagine being nine months pregnant, trying to ride a donkey on <laughs> desert, rocky, lack of road roads. Like these aren't mm-hmm. super highways. Like we ride, like this is a dirt trail right. on rock. Which explains why they got back, got there at night after everybody. Right. <laughs> when there's no more room because. Right. Um. Yeah not pleasant no and yeah with your kind of husband <laughs> first road trip i don't know if you've ever been married and you have time to take a road trip with your spouse it can end difficultly <laughs> yeah and this isn't a road trip where you fill up with gas in your nice vehicle that has <laughs> has heat or air conditioning depending on the time of year you have your little snacks they would have had snacks they would have had dates or figs or something they would have taken on the olives who knows but anyway i think you know we i think sometimes the familiarity of the story can lead to its diminished power oh yeah and um the, the part that always gets skipped for me is is the maniacal murdering king always seems to be glossed over i've never seen never seen a nativity play with genocide in it but <laughs> not that don't don't do that in your churches i mean we maybe do we don't oh, recommend it funny. an nc-17 nativity oh my gosh <laughs> but you're not Sorry, wrong that took, a, that took a weird turn but <laughs> thank but, you um... amanda thank you it's all good Hey, but, if people um, have been around with this is we're we're a couple dozen uh, episodes in. They're they're actually, listening to it. So it's fine. I cannot think of the name of the painter, but there's I, my favorite painting of Mary. Um, is one you can't necessarily hang in your house, but it's her actually in the process of giving birth, and Jesus is actually she's standing on a pole the way they gave birth. Yeah. was standing on holding onto a pole mm-hmm. and and joseph's under her and jesus is like crowning and it's bloody and sweaty and gross it's actually my i <laughs> wish i could find the name of the painter but because it's real yeah like awesome. that's real life that's real life <laughs> um i was gonna try and must be in matthew's account <clears throat> got my scripture here um that talks about herod but you know herod Herod was terrified that oh, he yeah. was going to lose his power, right? Which is just its own set of crazy. Like, really, Herod, you're it's fine. Like, calm down. He's a baby. <laughs> but prophecies were were a big deal back then. You, yeah, you know, I think of heavy. Did you ever? Okay, this is going to take. We're going to go weird. Er, <laughs> um, did you ever? Did you ever read Oedipus Rex, the play, the ancient Greek play, where he marries What's his the- mom? Kills yes yes okay yes yeah so the whole premise of that play 
is that there's a prophecy to Oedipus's parents that this boy is mm-hmm. destined to kill his father and marry his mother. And so they're like, oh my gosh, we have to stop this from happening. And so they mm-hmm. they give birth. Send and them they away. Send him yeah. away. He gets adopted by some family way out of town. He hears the prophecy himself. You're going to kill your father and marry your mother. And he, he thinks his adopted family is that. So he flees from his adopted family to the arms of his birth family unbeknownst to him unbeknownst to like them he ends up killing the dad and marrying his mom mm-hmm. because they were terrified of the prophecy had they just left the thing alone right um but in this case nero not nero oh my gosh i'm skipping ahead nero was caesar long after this herod king herod was terrified of losing his power king herod's got his own set of issues um but uh when Herod figures out that that this prophecy is for the king, the new king, the king uh, of kings, as it were, he wants to kill him. And yeah, he he goes mm-hmm. and slaughters all the babies in Bethlehem, all the baby boys. But yeah. I think there's there's um, you know we're in Exodus right now in Bible study at my my Salvation Army Corps, and the same thing happened then, right? Mm-hmm. Pharaoh. Um, and I think there's there's reason for both of those stories, right? There's there's some uh, mirroring, there's some uh, you know hearkening back um, that God knew that this was going to happen, and so he, he has it in both sides. But Pharaoh, you know, demands that all the the baby Hebrew uh, slaves, the baby boys, to be killed, thrown in the Nile, and that's and Moses gets saved out of out of that air, you know actually his mom throws him in the nile he just happens to be in in a basket right anyway so you have jesus um fleeing with his parents uh down to egypt actually because (laughs) joseph gets warned in a dream was its own set of you know amazing that god you know joseph's in dreams in egypt i know right (laughs) also harkens back to genesis I'm telling you, friend, the more you read the Bible, the more you read the Bible, this book, yeah, over thousands of years by yeah. multiple different human hands, all under the inspiration, in my humble opinion, my faith says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Because how do you, you don't do, like, how do you do that? How do you have this many like echoes and and just they're not coincidences right yeah godly divine or godly ordained anyway and and when i think back to my favorite christmas verse is actually john 3 16 all right yeah you know for god so loved the world that he sent his one and only son for the whosoever to be saved you know that's the whole the whole crux of of that mission um and and there's so many things um that hearken in there that that sometimes you said like you said get missed when we just kind of play okay yeah where it's christmas let's get this if you so if you go to church let's just get this advent thing over so we can get back to the stuff we right 
more want to do like the carols and the cookies and the presents and the right. whatever that you do um but when you sit back and think do i believe this mm-hmm. do i really believe that the angel gabriel came to mary mm-hmm. and said hey guess what you pregs that's a that's a paraphrase <laughs> and and you know she accepted and the and the whole you know the holy spirit came upon her she got pregnant her she wasn't stoned to death um joseph stuck around um like do i believe it right do i actually believe that that happened right and and i think luke starts here too like well let's just get the the two crazy pregnancies out of the way while we're starting right right elizabeth john the baptist and jesus but i think it because if i don't believe that what yeah can i believe any of it right and you know and some people might be listening they might not yeah and that's i i think both you and i can attest that that's an okay place to be if that's where you are it is to say i i don't know i haven't studied enough of it um I'm not sure if I am down with it. I've I know what I've seen in Sunday school. I've been part. Of, I've been a shepherd for 32 consecutive years, right? <laughs> I don't. Um, but to think, have I have I rectified in myself, like mm-hmm. Luke had to do, that I'm going to give an account that you might know for certainty the things in which you were instructed. Yep. And what a wonderful gift for Christmas. Right? To know for certainty the to, things that have been taught. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a heck of a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah. And probably much more than the, you know, other things you won't use, actually. Yeah. Like 98% of Christmas gifts. Fair. Maybe. I don't get, I'm a mom now. I don't get Christmas gifts anymore. Aw. I have to get it's, you a Christmas gift. It's okay. <laughs> it's all good. I, uh, I feel that like was not I, applied for Christmas gifts, but I, I feel like I ch- I channel my inner child now and get a lot of Lego for. <laughs> anyway, but uh, no, I I I agree, and I I think it's okay if you're in a position, and you're listening to this, you're like, dude, I just I just can't wrap my head around a virgin birth like that. I just don't. I just that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't fly with me. Um, and that's okay. That's that's a fine position right now, but I would, I would challenge you to read through the Bible because, because chances are, if you, if people have an issue with the virgin birth, they'd have an issue with a whole lot of other parts of scripture. And in fact, uh, there are many throughout history who have said, oh, the Bible's fine. You just got to take out the supernatural stuff and just personal experience. And we could go into this on another day. Um, I have encountered enough supernatural things in my life that a virgin birth would not remotely shock me as mm-hmm. something God would and could and did do. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of things that I have personally witnessed of miraculous nature, mm-hmm. a virgin birth is like, oh, sure, why not? That makes perfect sense. It's fine. 
it's God. He can do, I mean, again, I go back to, he created the world with his voice. (laughs) Just saying that I don't think a virgin birth would be that challenging for him. I also, I also go back to the God is God and I am not. And so for me to try to put God in a box to try and limit God in any capacity whatsoever that says, oh, God can't do that because that's impossible. It's God. If God can only do the things I can do, then he is not God. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. When you're just talking about the voice, it just reminds me of of the Christmas story according to John. Yes. In the beginning. (laughs) Right, which goes even further back. Yep. Right? Yep. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. He was with yep. God in the beginning. All things were made through him, through the voice, right? And then go to 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and beheld, we beheld his glory. The mm-hmm. glory as the the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full mm-hmm. of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. That's actually my favorite Christmas verse. Yeah, Is that's John Christmas 1, verse 14. too. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. like, ah, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Dang. All right. It's exciting. I just, it is. That's, the spirit that's so good. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it though. We could talk all night and, and we might still, we might stop this recording and keep talking. I don't know. But uh, I encourage you guys, if you're on this journey, and you're, you're questioning, or you're curious, or you don't know, or maybe you do know, wherever you are, I just keep digging. I, I don't even care if you have followed Jesus since you were four years old. Keep digging. If you have followed Jesus since four minutes ago, keep digging. Like, mm-hmm. because yeah. what I have learned, and I haven't even been following Jesus all that long, um, <laughs> I have learned that every time I think that I've gotten to the bottom of who Jesus is, who God is, the bottom drops out. I met, um, my last thing, I, so we had our Thanksgiving Sunday today yeah. and I, a man came that um, has visits every so often, his daughter, who I'm starting to get to know, invited him. And he has um, been a Christian since he was 12 years old and he is older now i i don't want to age him but in his 80s okay and he since he was 12 years old has read the bible once a year wow that's incredible and so i'm like you're the sit at my table (laughs) you know and um and he said i said what um whenever you know you're that's a lot of times to read through the bible yeah and he says you know the most miraculous thing is i learn something new every time Yep. Every time I've missed something mm-hmm. and it's been brought out and yep. it makes me excited to start all over again, is mm-hmm. what he said. And yep. I was like, oh, you're just cool. You're a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, but it's so true because it says the scripture is living and active, but, but you can test it. Yeah. You, it's okay like, to, to question and to say, I don't know about this. And I encourage you find a group of people that allow you to do that. Yeah. Amen. And yeah, find a church that allows you to do that. Find a group of believers that, you know, within reason now, don't be a jerk and just be <laughs> being like, I don't believe it. Even if you do, you know, you know who you are. If you do that. Be, yeah. <laughs> ask, ask questions with curiosity. Yes. 
Yeah. Be curious. But I am a I'm a full proponent that if you seek, you'll find. Mm, think that says that somewhere, Matthew. Yeah, you know. I wink, read it wink. once. Wink wink. <laughs> uh, Matthew chapter six. <laughs> seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask yeah. and it will be answered. Anyway, we could we could go all night. We're not going to. Um, because y'all have other things to do too, not just us. Um, but yeah, that you already had your final thought, unless you got any more final thoughts. No, that was it. That was my final thought. That was good. Your final thought. Awesome. All right, friends. This has been absolutely a joy and and an honor to be with you. I um we will probably hear you'll probably hear from us one more time before Christmas. Uh so I'm not gonna, you know, do the full on Christmas thing, but I hope and pray that you guys are having a, a good Christmas season. It's that you're able to find, find the certainty of what you've been taught uh, through kind of the retelling and the revisiting of this Christmas story. So friends, uh, remember, God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. We'll catch you guys next time.